Welcome to episode number 61 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. We're uh, doing our first show where Wacy and I aren't together for the pod, man. This is sixty, the 61st show and 61. the first time we haven't been together to record the pod. It's kind of weird, so, isn't it? The social distancing episode. The social distancing episode number one. Hopefully we don't have <laughs> too long on this. One. But uh, yeah. I got an, a note uh, just recently that we're not going to a number of events in... in uh, April, May, everything's canceled up to the end of April already. Some stuff into yeah. May. Um, yeah, we might be like this for a while, man. It's going to be weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's a strange. It's a crazy time of year, man. I, or not even time of year, just a crazy time to be alive, I guess. It's like we're like literally living in like history book content. Like we're this mm-hmm. is going to be wrote about history books. And the next generation to be reading about what what's going on mm-hmm. and how we so, reacted. And we're only we're only really in the beginning. The the uh, the Chinese have have. Uh, pushed back their their numbers so far and it, things have slowed down there and they're kind of getting back to work mm-hmm. over there but but uh things are really rough in a number of different countries so uh in canada here it's it's wild yeah i think we're fortunate how like being in the position that we that we're in is where like we've been able to like kind of see it like as terrible as it is like see everything transpire from like a distance and then we're like as a country we've been able to prepare and kind of like get ahead of everything as opposed to like a country like we're in Italy and that kind of stuff where they just got slammed without even not getting a chance to get things handled beforehand right I think so yeah hopefully Canada's hopefully we're in, the, in a good spot that way and, and we can get ahead of it ahead of it yeah. that way but and it's, such, and it's such a good time it's like I mean we're th- we're so lucky like we live in a digital age where like information is so easily accessible and you can reach so many people through messages and stuff and I think that's really helped out in Canada, especially by getting the message out and like promoting the, the now almost cliche f- term of flattening the curve and social distancing kind of thing. But I feel like, especially people in my circle, anyways, have really taken it to heart and went after it. And I think it's done done they've done a good job of kind of like s- slowing down the inevitable almost. The only place that people seem to me now are the are the grocery stores and the drug stores. A few few spots. That's kind of the only place that people are congregating yeah. at this point uh, in small yeah, groups sure. and, and spaced out much further than usual uh it's uh yeah i don't i don't know how to explain it but it's been it's been wild to hear you know to go just a, a little while ago we had we were at a hockey game at the the flames and the golden knights and then a few days sure. later we're uh we're uh watching we're at your event on wednesday and then the next day well that night i think they talked i think they shut down the nba in the next morning. Yeah, the NBA got shut down during my event. And yeah. And the next morning, the NHL was done. The next morning, the NHL was done. And then literally we're, uh, by the the Monday, the next following Monday, my school had moved fully online. Yeah. Less than a so week. So just kind of like, 
literally, yeah, it was a matter of like three or four days where everything kind of just ramped way up and this actually became a real thing. Well, and then so. Well, and then you guys were supposed to be in Regina too. Yeah, so we were supposed to go to Regina. So Friday I was at the airport and Thursday was a weird day and Friday morning was weird too. But the flight was supposed to leave at like one o'clock or whatever. So I went to the airport, um, packed my bag quick, didn't have much on the go that day and then uh, kind of got it ready to go. Went to the airport, hung out there for a couple hours, um, talked to the, like was talking back and forth with Peter and Jason about the bull riding because we didn't know what was going to happen, right? If it was going right. to, we're going to have it canceled or not. So, so uh, sitting there in the airport and then I talked to the lady at the desk and asked her if I can get a, like get my flight, get on the next flight, just like it was getting down to the crunch and I was going to have to fly out soon. And uh, she said, well, let me look into it. So she looked into it. And she came back and she's like, well, I can't actually put you on the next flight, but if you just go, if you just go and like, don't show up to that flight and get on the next one, then you can, uh, then, then they'll just, they have to bump you. So right. I waited around and waited around. I didn't know like what time I was supposed to go show up. If I was supposed to like cut it kind of close and look like I was trying to get there or just like totally miss it or what. But I heard my name get called a couple times and the plane looked like it was all boarded up. The doors were closed and everything it looked like. So I went up to the desk and I'm like, Hey, yeah. Uh, I think I missed my flight or whatever. And I was trying to, you know, I didn't want to lose all the money on the flight. So she gets there and turns out that it wasn't all closed up yet. I didn't wait long enough. And she's like, oh, we can still get on this flight. And I'm like, well, actually I'm trying to not make it. And she, yeah, she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, our event might be canceled. So I'm trying to not go. And then she got kind of flustered and I was kind of like in an awkward spot. I didn't want to leave everybody waiting on the plane for me. So I was like, screw it. I'll just get on, whatever. So then I get sat down, get comfy, put my headphones on, and I get a call from uh, from uh, Peter Jabrad, our pro- event producer. He says, "Hey, we're canceling. Uh, don't tell anybody yet, but if you're not, if you can miss the flight, then get off of it." I'm like, "Shit, I just sat down." So I'm sitting on the plane. I'm the last person on the plane, and luckily I hung up on Peter and and uh, talked to the flight attendant that was walking by. I was like, "Hey." can I still get off this plane that my flight got canceled? And he said, well, excuse me, what do you say? He didn't understand me. I was probably talking pretty fast. And he said, yeah. I was like, hey, like my event got canceled. I don't need to take this flight. Can I get off still? And he said, yeah, the door's still open. So go ahead. So I got my shit and got the hell off the plane. That's crazy. It was wild. It was like. And how I, far, how far from like takeoff were you? I was the last person. They were already said like your phones were supposed to be off. And I just had mine on still. I didn't turn it off yet. Got the call from Peter. I would have shut it off when I was supposed to. I would have been in Regina, had a f- Friday the 13th flying around the country for no reason. For real fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. That's crazy, man. It's yeah, like, it was quite the day. So that was just, my first. It just first... shows how, like, ever-changing the situation has been, hey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I was even worried going to the airport that day. I was like, geez, should I just drive? But then I talked to Covey about driving, and kind of most people had already left. I had to kind of get there Friday anyways. And then Covey mm-hmm. said... Uh, he didn't want to go with me because he was concerned already. He didn't want us to be traveling together. And it was like mm-hmm. totally bizarre. And then, yeah, like the, the next day we, uh, I think we went and saw Dawn in the morning, played some hockey still that sa- Saturday morning. And then, uh, then what else? Then went and had lunch with Bronk and Dylan. And then, then I basically have been pretty dang close to home since, you know, we're already a week into the shutdown at this point. And by the time the show's out, we're two weeks in. And uh, there's been different things talked about with, with what the playoffs look like and what things look like, and you know, and and with the you know the professional riders are done till till May at this point in our world, and every every major sporting event in the on the planet is on hold at this point. 
Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of ironic. Like when we talked about with Keenan on our last episode, with like the opportunities with for athletes with all these big rodeos that they have access to now to make money, and then all of a sudden like the Houston's rodeo Austin's are canceled, and everything's kind of like the first couple of dominoes to fall in our world. And you see kind of everything else follow students. It's kind of crazy how it just did a complete T180 from that conversation to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't take... Or 180, I guess, when it would be a 360 and 180. Didn't take that long. But then you are you go no. to uh, where we are now and everybody's at home for the most part. And, and we have to, uh, you know, we have to fight this in, in a different way than, than mm-hmm. we've ever done anything any, anywhere before. So it's uh, mm-hmm. definitely a challenging time, but hope everybody out there is gets uh you know is doing well at home and is getting time to spend with with their with their family that they might not usually get i mean we're all kind of get caught up and get busy in our own lives and you know addicted to our different technologies sometimes and and i hope that everyone's getting a chance to uh connect with yeah family connect with uh with friends and whatnot whether it be by by uh phone or email or skype or whatever it might be and you know take some time to focus on yourself and learn something new maybe it's been cool to see, like, uh, even, like, some, like, celebrity and public figures kind of get behind it and really advocate for the whole, sort. like I said before, the social distancing stuff. You see, like, bands doing, like, live tutorials online or, like, like live Q&As and, and the celebrities doing that, that kind of thing, which kind of just gives people kind of an escape from their little even reality of their of their own home kind of thing, right? Or gives them something to keep them busy or, and they kind of connect with those people that they may not have access to before, which is kind of a, a neat way to help people kind of get through a, what is like a difficult situation for sure. Well, we have to put this into perspective too. A hundred years ago, our, uh, our friends and family were, were getting called to go to war and, not, and we're getting asked to sit on our couch. So it's yeah. not, it's really not as bad as, uh, as it could be. So we can, we got to think about it in perspective that way. It's really not that. Oh, for sure, man. And like, yeah. and even like, yeah, it's not, it's, yeah, like it, it could be a lot worse, especially like looking at it. Like, yeah, just getting asked to stay home and distance yourself a little bit from your usual routine. It's not not, not the end of the world, really. And just to do and like, and it, it's crazy how a little something little like that can help so many people in the long run, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so without sport at this time, it got me thinking. You know, we've been involved, or I've been involved on the you know with rodeo and bull riding for a number of years now, and sport isn't really a necessary part of life. Like it's not really a, it's not, we're not farming. We're not growing people's food. We're not a, you know, we're not an EMT or a doctor or a, you know, someone that way. I've thought about it that way and kind of thought, I've almost thought down on it a little bit. Like I'm, I'm thinking we could do, I could do something, something better with my time. Maybe not that, not that I don't love rodeo, but I'm just thinking like it's a, a sport is not a, you know, it's not an essential thing. Like we're like, there's only, essential services open at this time and i i got thinking about that i've I've thought about the different times and and now you know i think there is a quite a big uh importance to sport i wanted to talk about that today on the show just something kind of different a different idea and and just the importance of sport i think it i think there's a number of benefits to it i wanted to get your take on it two ways yeah well i mean is it something that unites people right like Mm -hmm. in my life like i would say probably 80 to 90% of the people I've ever met have been like through sport, like whether it be through rodeo or through hockey or anything. I and mean, it's just like, it's a good way to like just meet people and make friends. And it helps like, it's, it's been part of like building my own like moral compass and my core values of who I am. Like it's been all like kind of created who I am as a person today has been like through my path of sports. And then even like, and even just being a fan, I was a form of entertainment. It's just kind of like an escape from 
like reality almost where you can kind of just get away and worry about playing a sport or watching a hockey game or whatever it may be and it's it just you don't you don't it's you kind of almost take it for granted when like you know putting it perspective now like it just you always just assume that it's going to be around and you can do it but then when it kind of gets to something like this and it's, you don't really realize how how big of a deal or big of a impact it has on your life and yeah it's it's crazy when you put really think about how how much of an effect sport really does being a non-essential thing i mean not everybody's involved in sports and everybody has their own thing but i'd say a vast majority of people in the world are involved in sport in some some way right some way if they're yeah. a, a fan or yeah. or or part of the you know if it's if it's work for someone or part-time work or whatever it might be these events are are a big part of uh, the fabric of our communities too and they can help us build sure. community right like the it's uh yeah, it's it's made me think about it more lately with the with the lack of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, but in the answer for some people, it's their livelihood. Like, look at well, like, a lot like, of us, like you and guys like Kobe. A lot of our friends, like that's your that's your Dustin, like, job. Like you, Dustin Edwards is the uh, hockey. What's his title officially with Durham Heller? Uh, business manager. The business manager of the Drum Heller Dragons, the AJHL team, Alberta Junior Hockey League team, in Drum Heller, and he was out of work within like a week of the shutdown. Um, yeah. Now he's working for the town of Drumheller. Um, you know, it didn't take very long on that on on that side of things. Kobe, uh, he doesn't have any events to go to right now. Um, that's going to be tough for for him. Myself, I think uh, I already called the bank today about pushing the uh, mortgage payments back. That's a, an option. Um, there's just not much for revenue the next few months now, right? Like if May, no, for sure. If I don't have anything going on in May. It's uh, it's a big hit to to uh you know to my livelihood to not have these events on the go so um it's a it's a really you know interesting time and 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 challenging to stay calm the entire time through it and look at it that way but i i definitely i definitely appreciate support even more now and i really look forward to we can get back yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna put like put everything to a new perspective for everybody. I think when it does get back to a point where we do have our like our normal like lives and routines back in sport, where it's like you're gonna appreciate every moment more and the opportunities, even just to be able to like be a part of it or participate or whatever it may be. Like, I think I think you'll see a lot more of appreciate appreciation out of people as opposed to just like just kind of taking it like I said before, even personally, just taking it for granted. Where you assume it's just always gonna be something it's gonna be there and accessible and it kind of a little bit of a wake up call in this situation where it's like, Hey, well, you kind of just got to yeah, be a little bit more appreciative of what it's, what it has to offer, I guess. I think uh, some of this stuff will change too. Like I know going to different hot, like skates and stuff, people don't bring their own water bottles. Like I think it's really going to wake some folks up and realize like, no, that's not okay to not bring your own stuff now. Like you got to really, <laughs> I think it'll change a little bit of the, uh, a little bit of the feel around a lot of these, places in the next oh, little sure. while i was i would i would assume like even the process we see with like the cleanliness of bars and restaurants and even the public public places where they're getting clean more often i see i think that's going to become a regular practice as opposed to mm-hmm. before it was kind of a little bit a bit up of a gray area or like kind of you could like kind of walk the line with it a bit but i think now given this and how much big of an effect it's had on like humanity as a whole we're going to see more changes that way and become more of a norm where we're I guess, and for lack of a better, for lack of a better term, cleaner. I guess you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that we've already come a long ways in the last, you know, the last twenty, ten, five, hundred years. Like it's been 
I can't imagine what things were like then compared to now either. For sure. Yeah, totally. And I mean, yeah, that just kind of puts it in, kind of brings back to what I talked about earlier with like being in a digital age and that's people being more informed and it, like it just kind of, the kind of that kind of stuff goes hand in hand as we progress forward into the future. This uh, this week we have an interview that we actually did a while back with uh, with Chance Butterfield and with the news of Calgary coming out we uh, we pushed this one back so so uh, coming up next we've got an interview here with uh, with Mr. Chance Butterfield. I uh, hope you all in, enjoy the interview. We'll uh, catch up after that. This is episode number sixty one, Cowboy Show with Ted and Wacy. This is cowboy shit. <laughs> I, just, I heard the heavy breathing. Were you heavy breathing in the mic? Probably. <laughs> I was trying to wait till it succeeded, and I was like, "Oh, it's just a long, long pause." Long I was trying pause to figure out where to like position this so. so I'm not like breathing down into it. <laughs> so funny. I'm a mouth breather, so it doesn't help. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is cowboy shit with Ted Wacy. Um, welcome back. Welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the uh, to HQ. We we've, we I was just saying we're feeling kind of naked with this new setup. Because it's such a small contraption we're using now, this Zoom H6 handy recorder. It's quite handy. I'm sure the people are going to be rushing to the stores to grab themselves. Hey, a lot of people ask me how to put a podcast on, like what they need for gear. I just so say, there just you go. Listen to the podcast. You're going to find out. That's get fine. some microphones. Get an H6. Boom. But I got to thank Matt West. Tell me about this thing. I found it in... in uh, he told me about it in Vegas. It makes the operation a little bit more mobile. Yeah. Yeah, we re- we just recorded our last show at the Hannah Hockey Tournament. Quite the uh, quite the show. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Quite was the nice. tournament, except we lost this time. Don't like losing. No. <laughs> our guest today, though, in the kitchen. I guess this is a dining room. In studio. In studio. Mr. Chance Butterfield. Twitter superstar. CFR qualifier. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hot intro. Yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Yeah, no, happy to be here. I guess uh, finally here. Yeah, I think we've been talking for the last year or two about quite a while trying to get in here some point in time, but finally lined but then up. Then I just messaged you like three days ago, like, "Hey, what are you doing Friday?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can make nothing that work. Like, nothing like last minute. Eh? Works out, yeah. Usually it works out good though when you're a traveling salesman like Chance. You just wheel by. Yeah, exactly. Stop and have. Uh, I don't have any food really around here right now. We had coffee. <laughs> Wacy did a full send in the driveway. Oh, man. Wiped out. Yeah, so let's talk about that first. What happened there? Uh, Play so it back for us. To paint a picture for you guys. So <laughs> I went to McDonald's, got around a double doubles for everybody. Like really solid move. Yeah, I thought it was a nice gesture. Yeah. And then, so I step out, go to the passenger side, grab my tray of coffees and my little bag of sandwich. And uh, I start walking and I get to just about just before your stairs and I feel my, he- my heel like kick out on me i'm like oh shit so i kind of like stop myself i'm like okay i'm good so i start walking again and all of a sudden just full like (laughs) send right out so i try so i break my fall with the double doubles (laughs) and then then all of a sudden there's just anarchy of coffee and coffee cups spread all over your driveway there's a full liter of double double i managed to save one double double and your little baby tea a cup of tea yeah for you so i mean how do you always not lost how'd you save honestly i don't know you don't know. You I blacked kind of blacked out. out a little bit. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was just like a survival mode there, just like trying to save my body. What part of your body took the worst, the brunt of the hit? Um, Nothing's like quite back? sore yet, but I would butt. say my elbow. 
You got elbow. Because I elbowed. went like this. You gave the food to people's elbow or the the, 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 the ice. The, the ice. Is that what you get for knocking me over ice? <laughs> so turns out ice don't give. It's a kind shit. of a tragic start to the day. Yeah, but it's fine. That's fine. We made it. Out how'd you make it on the ice, Chance? Uh, yeah, I don't know what. You uh, weren't wearing tin halls, I can tell. No, shoot, actually, leather soles and everything. I managed to survive it. You did a great job clearing that walkway. I'm impressed. You know, usually I walk into a bull rider residence. It's uh, you know a little bit of a different. Have different you, setup coming in. Have you been to many bull rider residences though? Like, I feel like you don't hang with our kind very. You much. know, I try I to know. avoid it when I can. You know, <laughs> just cut down my chances of injury and maybe yeah. diseases in some certain situations. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> most bull rider residences are like a van though. Yeah, like, like this is camper. a pretty upscale bull rider yeah. residence. Yeah, <laughs> he's a real point. house. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real house. It's yeah. like, yeah, come check out my place. I'll bring it by sometime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't worry, I'll come to you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I gotta. I want to start off with this stuff though how did you get to be such a superstar on twitter like where did you where are you coming up with this shit right now well i don't know if i really call myself a superstar on twitter or anything like that you have like over four thousand followers you have a good presence at the very least yeah Yeah, you're coming around like you're starting to make a name for yourself in the twitterverse yeah i don't it's kind of weird how it how it all kind of happened like i've been on twitter since i don't know maybe 2010 oh yeah maybe oh nine and I remember uh, I was traveling with Craig Weisgerber and Cal Falker, and I said, oh, you need to get on this platform. And it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me at the time. Went on there. You they know. told you to get on it? Yeah, they did, yeah. I remember we were in Cranbrook, actually, for the Pro Rodeo. And really? So I popped on. and Late August. Yeah. Lazy. <laughs> yes. Dog day afternoon. Yeah, literally in a hotel doing nothing. So yeah. I think those guys were actually recovering from a hangover. But they, yeah, so hopped on there. And, yeah, I started browsing around a little bit, following Calgary, a few uh, – few rodeo guys and uh and then yeah just over the years got a little bit more involved with it and uh and yeah i don't know i've i've kind of posted the same content forever i just i don't know when people started to think it was funny yeah i guess yeah (laughs) when people actually didn't know me got got a hold of it otherwise you know everybody's like yeah well chance is weird to begin with Uh, (laughs) so this is kind of par for the course for him but yeah i know it um yeah, and then just started posting. So, and, you know, I just don't know sometimes when I post things, uh, you know, I don't really think they're going to get too much traction. And then next thing, next thing they're getting around a little bit. And, um, and the next thing we're all rating our traveling part <laughs> out of the five-star system. <laughs> well, I think there's more there's more of a presence of, like, Western lifestyle, Western sports people on Twitter now. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, it's been a growing platform now, and I think you more, know? Pe- more people realize you know who the first person I saw on Twitter was? Was Dave Sandylands. He was like, yeah, he's been yep. on forever. He oh, was yeah. there right from he the beginning. He likes my stuff all the time. I love it. Yeah, yeah, Sandman was there right from the beginning. Who else? There was, uh, I remember Flint being on there forever. Who, who uh, like like Tanner Gerlitz and yeah, Todd. Yeah, Tanner, Devin, Todd. It's funny, they used to, they used to make fun of Todd on For Twitter. being the big rig guy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so funny. And then it went as far as Joe Braniff actually calling him the big rig cowboy in Merritt one time <laughs> at the PBR, like at Ty's bull riding. That's awesome. He, this is the big rig cowboy, Todd Kudowitz. That's he a- busted out of the shoot. Mm-hmm. It was ideal. Yeah. Remember Manya on Twitter? He had some goofy name. and he I was, was like, on Twitter. He's on Twitter? Manya, yeah. He was like B-Money time or something. And oh, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, Brett, you got to clean that up, man. You got to just, you can just be Brett Manya. You don't have to be yeah. any weird name. He probably made Twitter. that though when he was like 18 or like he might when he's young. Yeah. That's like the one thing I'm proud of 16-year-old <laughs> me is making a normal Snapchat name or like <laughs> this username for everything. You didn't have any sweet emails, like, email addresses back in the day? Like underscore 69 <laughs> at hotmail.com. <laughs> that was kind of one of the things too. We all just kind of threw some random handles on there. Like I think. Craig Weisgerber finally got his cleaned up. It was Turd the Ferguson there for a little while. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. my first one I then made was... he got was, mad at me because I called him Turd at the CFR. I was like, you can't call me that. 
Sorry, Ted. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. No, it's yeah, they've had some interesting ones, but guys started branding themselves a little bit better and and actually put up, I guess, a presentable panel on there and yeah, it's worked out. <laughs> so, yeah. What was the How did you, how did you not get roped into the steer wrestler team at the Hannah hockey tournament? Yeah, what happened there? No, they tried um getting yeah. me in there. They did. Um You turned about turned them down. I Sorry was, guys, I got a kid in a real job, can't come. <laughs> you know what? That was well, that would have been a better excuse. I think I think I gave <laughs> Logan something else. I care. I think I honestly just told him flat out, no, there's no way. It's gonna be a hard no. Well, yeah. you know, we are, we go there once in a while, so yeah, we could play you. We'll probably kick your ass though. Oh, undoubtedly. Like <laughs> there was a lot. I watched the bit. The wrestlers play for a bit, and there's a lot of boys sucking wind. On the oh ears. really? Oh yeah. No. <laughs> well, a lot of those guys probably only play once a lot of a year, gliding. Eh? Like I don't know. Like does does do Cam and uh, and Craig play much hockey otherwise? You know, they I used know. to. Like they used uh, well. To, yeah. Pumba, he used to, well, which is Craig. Sorry, I turd. don't call him turd. There's yeah, some people call him turd. I still call him Pumba. Um, Pumba his handle was Pumba. His, it still, still is, is on, on Instagram, Instagram, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, he used to play. He used to play quite a bit of hockey back in the day. Cam, believe it or not, like you take Cam's a Cam's a badass snowboarder. He is. By the he way. is unbelievable. Like, also, and yeah. to look at him, you'd be like, nope. But yeah, the guy is wicked good, and believe it, he's probably one of the better conditioned guys that we have. Right I on. think in the steer wrestling roster. Yeah. Where would you put yourself on the team? <laughs> um, no, I'd probably be sucking wind pretty good. I'm I'm kind of a quarter horse. I'm not a thoroughbred, so it's like <laughs> short little bursts, and that's kind of it. So it'd be quick line changes for sure. But except you don't there. There's no There's, quick line changes. Uh, yeah, so that's why I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, uh, well, I don't know where to go. I kind of want to talk about some of the Twitter stuff because I think it's hilarious. Like, let's talk about some, like, rating some traveling partners. You start off with Cody Cassidy. You said he was kind of an asshole, but he brings Gibson, so it makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to pick somebody that was going to be a good sport about it. And plus, Cody, if you know him, he, he never holds back. So it's one of those things, yeah. You know he's going to be a good sport, and you know you're probably going to catch some shit for it afterwards, but you don't feel bad about doing it at all. And I think that 4.1 was probably a little bit generous. But, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, I decided to pop his name out there. And you know what I kind of discovered after we, we did that and people were posting underneath? I mean, people are way too damn nice. You guys are yeah. way too nice. It yeah, like really. Most, you guys are like almost stroking each other's ego. <laughs> I'm the best traveling partner, guaranteed. Wacy well, is a good traveling partner. I do guys decent. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, I, I, I tried to expand. I thought about expanding your idea. We were talking to Ted about this on the way to Hannah, where it's like almost like Uber for traveling partners. So, yeah. like, say you're a bull rider and you have no one to go with, and you can just like dial up Uber and then the steer wrestler, right? Like, oh, we got room for a bull rider. You can hop in. Oh, yeah. I love money. traveling with bulldoggers, man. When I was a kid, I traveled with like James McRae and oh, yeah. Hoff and some yep. of those guys. Yeah. Like, I never knew. I always knew I had a good pull in the bull ride in a good spot. You know, you're and never you going to back have up at the dance. And I always had backup at the desk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, always, yeah. I always made an effort. And I never to had make, to drive because yeah. it was a truck and trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I always made an effort to make friends with the steer wrestlers because you always knew if you were starting shit at the dance, you had that big crew of boys. <laughs> just, all you needed to do is just kind of bury yourself behind them and just hide in there. I was never starting shit at the we dance, were, though. We were in uh, St. Rose, Duloc, Manitoba, and Travis Rie, J.D. Hayes, a uh, bunch of, um, oh, who's the other one? Dusty Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those boys were out there. And I was traveling with Ty Ellis and Cody Floyd and Tim Lipset at the time, and, and Tim was starting shit. No, the dance. Ty was. Oh, really? He was like t- he was like flirting with some local girl who had a boyfriend. And then this Ooh. boyfriend tries to fight and tie, and then all of a sudden, like Rie and JD and Dusty all roll up, and then and all those up. townies like tucked their tucked their tail <laughs> between their legs and ran out. It was so funny. Huh. Yeah, I don't know about Dusty, but Rie, yeah, he's notorious. If he's 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 scary in a brawl. Guy is not to be fucked with. No, you a avoid. Big man. You yeah. avoid that guy. He's yeah. done every single event in the sport too. Yeah. 
and has done them all They're pretty good quite at it. well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's go. Uh, well, what about you, Ace? What do you got for traveling partner oh, ratings? Like, man. if you're gonna Uber, like Uber, just Uber me, like, uh, like. Cody Floyd. Let's start. Let's start. Cody, with Floyd. Cody Floyd. He's about. He's a three. <laughs> <laughs> like he's a he's a like great guy. One of my best friends. Um, he always pays his own way for the most part. Yeah. Um, he drives sometimes. And yeah. He, he if he's like riding passenger seat, he's not the guy who's gonna be sleeping in the passenger seat, and that's really like a, a really key metric for me. Yeah. If you're riding, <laughs> if you're riding the passenger seat and I'm driving, you can't sleep. Like if you want to sleep, get in the fucking back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Cody, so Cody's five, good for that. He's pretty five. good for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say three out of five. can fix the truck if you break Well, down. he wasn't when I was traveling with him, so oh, I'm going okay, based okay. off when we were going, so he was pretty Kit. useless back then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who else yeah. you got? Oh. Ronnie Delarue? Do you you travel with Ronnie? I love Ronnie to death, but he was a bad traveling partner. Bad traveling partner. Yeah, I paid for a lot of his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know who my worst one ever was? Uh, was Prescott and Patton together. Yeah. I, I traveled with them one time, and I got left in like Water Valley. I had to go to Toefield. I had to like borrow a car, get to Toefield, and then drive it back the same night. And my dad picked me up in Water sucks. Valley. Yeah. From Drayton Valley, which is three hours. So, little to say that was the last time I traveled with those guys. <laughs> my five out of five traveling partners, Craig and Jen Stevens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They used, they used to pack me around to rodeos <laughs> all the time. And they would like, they would never, like, I always like offered to give them gas money or pay for a hotel. And they would never, ever like really? say a bad eyelash at it. And they would take me anywhere. Like, when I got, last time I got, when I got my last concussion, so currently, like, they let me stay in their hotel room and like took care of me. And, yeah, they're the best. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye, Ted. <laughs> we'll see you, buddy. Who's your worst traveling partner? Chance? Oh man, worst. Oh well, some like nightmare stories. You know what? Partners. I just I because I can't really throw any stones because I'm probably one of the worst people to travel with. So it's you know what. So wait, what's your definition of a bad traveling partner then? Well, okay. Well, I can just probably point out my correct characteristics. Can't see. Scary driving. Don't drive at night. <laughs> <laughs> Look, is that because you have like something messed up with your eyeballs well or? you know actually i i shouldn't um there is a rumor originally kind of started that i couldn't see at night and i just kinda never really true. It's I, not really kind of kind of true but not quite and i never really never really fought it at all and and i know the cassidy's they they kind of seen through it they made me drive at night but everybody else yeah they're just like yep in back seat i got to sleep it was good and uh the franks they actually tried to call me out on it one time we were coming up to grand prairie and they're like ah it's bs this kid's full of crap and you know yeah he's just <laughs> trying moves. to dog out so <laughs> they they stick me in the driver's seat and i'm going down the road and dallas he's beside me and dallas like he catches everything he's got eyes like a hawk and yeah i see these deer off the side of the road and they're just kind of eating i there wasn't much of a chance of them jumping back across but i never even hit the brakes i just <laughs> dallas hops up did you see those fucking deer <laughs> in the back seat never drove for him again at night hey, that's so. all right. <laughs> deer what deer i didn't yeah. see any deer. <laughs> yeah strategic move there by you yeah oh, no. so when you're driving obviously you spend a lot of time in the road being a salesperson do you are you more of a music guy do you listen to talk radio do you Podcasts? listen to music on the phone have you listened to cowboy shit ever before no absolutely i have oh never heard about it until yesterday when you invited me down no uh no i've listened to it uh a few times like actually twice. most yeah most recent one actually was craig um listen to you with him yeah yeah, that was a fun show and then jeff robson um yep. listen to you talking to him um there's a few of them actually We've talked to a couple guys. You probably would have liked the one with Shane, with Hanchi. Yeah, Shane, and then I believe Scott Gunther as well. Listen to his. That was one of our first ones. Yeah, the second one ever was yeah. Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones still get some views, some some downloads they do well, yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Then they drop off at episode three. Just like one, two, and then brr, done. Yeah. So we're just trying to find content. 
Hmm? Is always just trying to find content, right? Well, some of it though, but like we have a long list of people we want to talk to. You've been on the list for a long time. Mm-hmm. We just have never got it done. Just a matter of And we guys. decided that we wanted to do them more in person to get the better sound quality lately. So yeah, it, you know, we've been kind of catering to that a little bit more. Well, too. It's better sound quality, like better atmosphere. Like when we did the shows yeah. in Saskatoon with like Jess and yeah, like and the Justin judges, like yeah, it's you can feed off people's energy way more oh, yeah. when you're mm-hmm. in person. It's much better. So if you want to listen to some other good shows those ones have been better because the one with the one with jess i had like that was so it was really funny we laughed quite a bit in that one give that one a listen yeah check it out on your way home good friend might have to yeah and then the second bachelor we just recorded was was so funny i did i heard a lot about those i never did get a chance (laughs) to i i seen them i seen them floating around the the book of faces quite a bit it might be a good day to listen to it it is a love day so Mm -hmm. you might want to if you want to hear me get roasted for two hours and about his purple pants then check that got purple pants huh yeah, some purple pants. That's that's I don't. They're, they're stretchy and they're corduroys. They're pr- they're pretty cool. Like if I like I would I would probably not wear them, but they're neat though. I can rock them. I can pull them. I can pull them off. I don't care. I don't honestly. I just wear what I want. I don't care what people think. <laughs> it's okay. It's the best way to go through. Yeah, life. literally. Yeah. 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 He didn't really answer my question about like what is he's more of a music guy. We kind of like. Oh yeah. He I hijacked. Swear I hijacked it. Oh no worries. Yeah. Go shoot. Ahead. No, I'm pretty much on the Spotify like 24 seven, and then stick on. Do you some pay Joe for Rogan. Spotify? Yes, I do. Oh, man, it's yeah. worth every penny. It I, is. I would die without my Spotify. Sixty-six percent of people at this table pay for Spotify. I get the stu- <laughs> I get, I'm lucky because I get the student rate, so I get half price. But I, I would yeah. still pay full price for it. It's oh, yeah. unreal. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm too cheap. Gone are the days where you had to go on the Pirate Bay and pick up, yeah. you know, <laughs> pick up age <laughs> of your computer, <laughs> pick up your discographies. Yeah, no, <laughs> flip through your CD book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, jeez. My yeah. old car still had a CD player though. I had a stack of CDs in it. It was actually kind of nice, especially when you get out of range of radio. And you just pop. Oh, if you have CDs Spotify in. Premium, you just this had is your safe spot. Mm-hmm. Had a six spot of CDs in there. Ian Tyson, you know, classic country gold, monster truck. <laughs> it's quite the quite the array of music. Ted. The tragically hip, silver side up, Nickelback. And <laughs> oh, the hip, the hip. And some and really, then some really random mixtape. Oh, I want to. We were talking about it a few shows ago, like it, before the new year. What are what our favorite or what we thought was the best song of the. 20 like oh, the 2010s the, de- the decade what the would decade. you say is yours 2010s well see there's a, there's a big problem because like pretty much from 2000 on has been like a blur and it doesn't seem like <laughs> these songs that's like go and listen to this like oh man you know this just came out a couple years ago find out it like came out when you're graduating high school yeah i don't know like if i were to go back in the th- 2000s i mean late 90s i mean there's so many good ones by the hip and i just mentioned that because you were talking about it but i'm a huge fan of theirs and I don't know. It's really hard to say. I've got such a mixed musical palette. I mean, mm-hmm. it's everything from hit. I like mine. Yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, and it. They're good. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I like that song, The Way You Used to Do. It's got a really cool. With Queens of the Stone Age? Yeah, it's got I a really cool ma- I like, well, I want to make sound. it. Sound. That's a sweet song. Mm-hmm. I want to make it. It's about sexing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Needs to say, yeah. No, I don't think I want anybody to ever open up like my liked music on spotify it might ever. get weird yeah it might get you're weird. you're not the guy that was gonna put your spotify on in the dressing room at the hockey was it gonna happen no because it'd just play some weird song what the yeah. hell is this <laughs> people would be really sad if i played my my like songs in the dressing room oh man i'd say like 80 percent of my music cassettes i was sad in hannah just from all the nickelback it just was too much was, there was a good mix of sad and, and you know what I was, nickelback you know what i was happy about in hannah when your speaker died and i was like <laughs> yes it's done you know what you're getting yourself Finally. into that weekend I know. It's fine. Know. Everybody loves Nickelback. They're a national treasure. It's enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know the worst Nickelback story I have is I was in Abbotsford at a PBR and Chad Kroger was in the stands, allegedly, and I didn't play one Nickelback song at one of our events. 
I felt pretty bad after, so I've had to like re-go into the. I would have played. I would have played Nickelback the whole night if I would have known he was. There. I didn't know he was there till after. <laughs> if I would have known he was there during, I might have. Like I would have done something, obviously. Well, he's probably not. But they be told a, me they're like, yeah, Chad Kroger's here tonight. And I was like, well, I didn't play a fucking Nickelback song at all. He's probably not a PBR <laughs> fan anymore. Yeah, you definitely just lost some fans. Lost a fan. Lost a fan. Yeah. Lost at least a one big fan. fan. A big Sorry, fan. Sorry, Chad. I'll make it up to you next time if you <laughs> come back. <laughs> if you listen to Cowboy Shit, I'll play some Nickelback. <laughs> this somehow reaches you. <laughs> Uh, Chance, I want to get serious on you here for a while. Let's talk about High Prairie. Okay. So you're in High Prairie, and are you loading up after the rodeo, or are you guys are you going to feed your horse, or what's going on? You get kicked in the chest, and you break a few ribs. Uh, your heart actually mimics a heart attack. You spent six days in the hospital, three days in intensive care. Um, you had to get flown from the High Prairie Hospital to Grand Prairie, and the plane almost couldn't land. The doctor said that if the if you wouldn't have landed, you might have died in the airplane because you lost 12 units of blood, which is one and a half times the amount of blood that's in your body. They removed your spleen, and you still made it back and competed at your first CFR like three months later. Jesus. Well, that's that's quite the summary. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were actually uh, I just showed up to to High Prairie, um, and I just remember it was a little bit it was janky trying to get parked up there, but got everything in and then just grabbed Lola and uh, tied her up uh, against the fence. We weren't there about 15 minutes, actually. Just stopped and was just going to have a drink with the guys. And then all of a sudden, the fireworks started going off. And uh, and she was obviously like horses do in fireworks. She's pacing back and forth, kind of the end of her shank. And didn't think nothing of it. She's been around fireworks a million times. And, uh, and yeah, next thing I know, there's this buckskin mare got loose, must have pulled back from a trailer. And running down the fence and then just T-bones her. And so, yeah, I guess I must have been trying to win a Darwin Award because you never get between two horses when, when that happens. But I did go down there. I got this mare scared off. She went about 20 yards away and then spun back and came back towards my mare. They're herd-bound, right? So they're going to try and get around other horses. And, uh, yeah, Lola just swung to kick her and got me instead. And, uh, yeah, put me down pretty good and... And yeah, we uh, yeah kind of knew it was it was going south. It, yeah, it wasn't a good deal. I I knew I was in pretty bad shape. They took me over there to the hospital, and they wouldn't give me pain meds, which worked worked in my favor because it was going to bleed out faster than my blood. But uh, and this is through your spleen that you're going to bleed out from. Right? Yeah, it's all internal. Yeah, it's all internal. So like but you I mean, could feel you were fucking uh, in bad shape. Yeah, I was messed up. Like I was trying to breathe and trying to talk, and I couldn't get it done. I mean, the best so, thing I could do is just get phone out of my mouth, and Justin called nine one one, and and so the the uh, ambulance came to the grounds, or yeah, 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 they picked me up there. Cody flagged him down there at the front, and I had a bunch of people that were kind of around me, just trying to keep me awake. Uh, and you were, had foam coming out of your mouth at this point? No, I, you know, I couldn't even tell. I don't think I was, I just was having a hard time breathing. I don't think yeah. it was, I don't think it was that, I don't think it was that graphic at the time. Uh, people that were there, you know, they tell me kind of how it was, but yeah, they didn't think I was going to quite make it and then get over to the hospital and they, uh, so they were trying to get, they were trying to get an IV in me and all my veins kind of collapsed. So originally they're like, well, I don't know if he's dehydrated, but we better get him in and and uh get a ct done which i mean for them to have a ct machine up there like it's a big training hospital it's miraculous they had it if they didn't i would have been dead for sure so they sent me in they found out exactly what was going on got me down by that time i was crashing they uh they had a hard time getting blood in me but they did revive me in there 
and uh, they got a couple lines into my feet, and they were putting some blood into me. And then they gave me a drug called, uh, I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, transemic acid, I believe it is, something like that. Yeah, I had it. that sounds exactly what it, yeah. what it was. Yeah, so that was able to stop a little bit of the hemorrhaging. And then they um, they called in stars, and stars could not land. So they tried for, I think, two and a half hours to get down there, but the fog was too thick. So This is on High Prairie. This is in High Prairie. So they... Um, I was about I was about in trouble there, um, but then they managed to find a fixed wing in Grand Prairie, and got that down. It almost couldn't land either, but they did get me picked up, shipped me up to GP, and uh, they were able to start giving me some uh, Toradol at that point in time. Oh, okay. So help with the pain a little bit because you had you had some blood in you by this point. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think out of that twelve units, I think the majority of it was put in me before. Uh, before I actually got to Grand Prairie because I almost completely bled out there in, uh, in High Prairie. Prairie. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And this blood just all like in your, in like in your it, body every, cavity everywhere. Uh, yeah. It, well, yeah, it was in, it was in my stomach. I can't remember how many liters they said they pumped out, but by the oh, time it was shit. all said and done, I didn't have any of my own blood in me. So somebody else's. So thanks whoever you are out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You people. That's a wild. I've never heard the story. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. So. Did you. Have you donated blood since? Like, has that been a thing? Yeah, no. Um, I couldn't donate for the first, I think, year, year and a half or something like that. So, yeah. no, it's one of those things I want to do every year and, oh, geez, and give yeah. some back. So, I don't think I have anything rare. Well, well, I know I don't because they're able to find it and stick yeah. it in me. But, but yeah, no, it's good to donate. Had a bunch of friends that started donating after that, too. So, oh, yeah. No, it was good. And uh, But, yeah, no, they, we broke some ribs, took the spleen out, bruised pancreas, bruised heart. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's like you, your heart mimicked a heart attack. Like, what the hell? What was that like? Like, you probably felt like you. Well, you obviously felt like you're dying. Yeah, like, no, it was something like. Shit. I think she just hit me hard enough in the chest that it bruised that heart, and then there's an enzyme that's released in the blood that reads the same. It's the same enzyme that's released in the blood when you have a heart attack. Yeah. So when they took a look at the readings, that's, that's kind of they thought was. Going yeah, on. they thought there was maybe something there, but yeah, she got me good, and uh, and then yeah, no, just we. Beekman did the surgery. Um, hell of a guy. Um, yeah. Well, and like, so I'm le- I'm looking back at the story that Amy Manya did. Yeah. Uh, with you that the, the basically the week before the CFR in mm-hmm. 2017, and he talked about the story, like talked about you and the story a bunch. It was really interesting to hear from the doctor's perspective on it. Yeah. Yeah. He's. I remember just having a quick conversation with him before he put me under and just kind of let me know what was going on and uh, you know risks and all that kind of stuff and. And yeah, and I mean, ever since then, like he stayed in close contact with me, made sure I was all right. He actually flew down for the Saturday perf at the CFR. Really? Come and watch me. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Freaking outstanding guy. So got him on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snapchat Dr. Pal. So what yeah. was your road like back to competition after the surgery? Well, I guess it was kind of like a, I guess it was like two prong because there's, there's the, the physical side of it and then there's a the psychological side too. Um, so like physically... Like, I don't know if you guys know anything about blood, but if it's not your own, it doesn't work efficiently. And I mean, so my breathing capacity was shot, um, to begin with, like I wasn't, I had to do exercise to actually be able to take full breaths eventually. And, uh, and with the blood, it, I think it takes around 21 days for your blood to like to actually replace that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't, I don't believe it carries oxygen as well. So, I mean, even going down to the pen, like I used to, right? Yeah, it's it's foreign. So, I mean, we started day one, 
day one after surgery, uh, Kenda got me up and she started walking me around the hospital. So when and surgery was the first day, like day, it was first day, the first morning, seven like a.m. The next yeah. morning, yeah. So yeah. you're in because you didn't get to Grand Prairie till like six in the morning. Yeah, right? exactly. And they got you right into surgery, and then the ne- like how long were you in surgery for? Um, I don't know actually, to be honest with you. Um, you wake, you woke up and it was daylight. Yeah, I woke up and I was intubated and yeah. and yeah, my si- my sister and Kenda were both there and yeah. And yeah, so first day they just got me up and they just got me standing, kind of shifting around on my feet. Yeah. And uh, and then after that we just started walking. But yeah, I had this huge gosh damn scar across my midsection. Oh yeah. And I was still like physically, it it um, the trauma was crazy. Like I was still like I died and lifted kind of at that point in time. And uh, and I was still training with Matt, um, the nutritionist. And I think I test. I actually uh, I weighed myself um, that morning. I think it was one ninety seven lean. After after the wreck that next morning i was 225 225 yeah from inflammation by the end Holy of the seven shit. days it dropped down to 176 pounds Jesus. so like how much blood was in you that they like you said 20 liters of blood no no it's uh, 12 units so a time and a half what your body can carry um but yeah that, it's that was infl- all and they had to pump it all out of your stomach you yeah but well, it's just all from inflammation this. eh Holy shit. yeah from the trauma mm-hmm. So, so yeah, we had, we had a few things to kind of work with. So obviously there's incision and all that. And Beekman, he came out like typical doctor, I mean, doing his job. Um, I wasn't the one to ask him. Somebody else did. They asked if, you know, I'd be ready for the CFR. Like this happened August 2nd. And that was CFR is November, November 7th or yeah. something. So he's like, nope, not probably going to happen. Three months. Yeah. yeah. So we're just like, well, we'll just kind of take it day by day. We'll push it as much as we can within yeah. the limits and. Because it was your first CFR, like you've been, and you didn't even know you had a maid by that point. You were in good shape, but like, yeah. you, you you haven't made it back yet either. Yeah, right? no. Like this is a major milestone in your career, and you yep. hit a, you almost die the same season, season <laughs> that you hit. You've hit a major milestone in your career too. Yeah, yeah. Bad, er, bad luck didn't kiss me first that day. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. So we, yeah, we just started pushing. Um, started just. Matt, he's the nutritionist. The big thing was I couldn't eat a lot to put weight on, so everything was concentrated. It was protein powder and like oatmeal, trying to get a lot of calories and a small amount. Starting there, walking, that was the big thing, and then eventually started being able to do more movements and eventually got back to weightlifting and then eventually got back to heavyweight, eventually got back to working the stick and testing my core and then steer saver and then eventually run my first steer in October. About uh, how long? Oh, a couple of weeks before the finals, or yeah, well, October fifteenth was was the so first like years. Three that weeks I, before, yeah, it wasn't very long. Hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, is something. But I mean, I married to a a physiotherapist and had a good nutritionist in my back pocket and had a surgeon that really took an ownership on it. Oh yeah, he got me back up to GP and assessed me and then released me for full activity. So. And that was like a month later was full activity. Wasn't it wasn't it? very far. Yeah. Like yeah. I got released for, for exercise and then wasn't very long after that. Yeah. Beekman, he's like, he's took a look at the incision. He's like, you know, probably not going to feel great. Yeah. But he said, you're healthy to go. So, so and did they, did he cut a bunch of muscle along your, it core? cut through like my abdominal wall. Um, yeah. so it went pretty much from underneath my right set of ribs yeah. all the way out to my left oblique oh shit yeah so she was wide because they had to go check my heart and the rest of my organs and yeah, stuff they like that open you right so, up. yeah to do some Holy exploratory God. surgery spleen what? isn't hard to get out but and what's it like living without your spleen now um it's good now i mean like it I doesn't guess go I'm back a, uh, well like they liver, said right? in a, they said in a percentage of people there's there's a chance that there's maybe a secondary or something like that it might grow back 
Um, but not really banking on it. You have other lymph nodes in your body, but it's your master, mm-hmm. master lymph node. And, um, so I guess I'm immune compromised, but it's your high risk time is your first two years yep. for say sepsis. So you're past it now. I'm past it now. You know, always going to run a little bit higher risk. You get a bunch more vaccines, um, vaccinations for like your pneumococcal pneumonia and stuff like that. Okay. But yeah, outside of that, I haven't really missed it at all. Wow. Yeah. So no, she's good. It's like one of those things you follow the process properly and do the right steps. It's going to be, you usually be, end up being okay. Yeah, exactly. Like any type of big injury or something, I'm sure. Do it properly. Yeah, That's exactly. Kind of the That's thing. the thing. Yeah. You try and push it too hard. You're going to, you're going to cut your, you're going to cut your progress in half. Well, that's, a, that's like a problem that's within rodeo with the injury thing. Like, I think that that culture is slowly changing. I know you like you're gonna be sore and beat up at certain points. You got to push through. Mm-hmm. But if guy, more guys realize that if you, it's better off to take the time to get better oh. and take the full amount of time to heal, then go back to competition. You're way better off because it's hard enough to do when you're health, 100% healthy. Yeah, and I mean it's one thing with the joints, but when it comes to head injuries and stuff like that, I think guys have finally woken up to that. Yeah, finally woken up to it. Well, and speaking of the of the mental side of things, you were I, I, you're are you still shaking right now a little bit, or was that from before? Like it, it's not easy to tell that story again, is it? Oh no, it just you know it's kind of it kind of is what it is. It just um, like I don't know, I can't really explain the experience, kind of what it was like to kind of go through that. Like you know, you remember things from when it happened. Um, like I was awake for all however many hours I was there, and the majority of it wasn't on painkillers and uh and then i you know you remember you remember what it was like when you like i remember because i was i was bleeding out they weren't getting blood into me fast like they had to they had to get blood into me and revive me and i remember what it was like you know um lights washing out and then eventually not being able to hear anybody talk and people ask me kind of what that was like and i still actually can't really put it in words today and that's kind of one of those things i mean right after like it wasn't bad at the time but afterwards i mean when they took me off the drugs and you were off uh morphine and uh then you know you really had to deal with things when you got back home and then that's when uh yeah that's when things kind of get 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 heavy for you and until you go through something like that like you know people people don't really understand it because it's just you know even when i took a look back at the article that amy wrote and she wrote a very good article she tried diving into it with me and I wasn't wanting to talk about it. I wouldn't yeah. even, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even admit that I was going through, you know, any sort of PTSD or anything like that at the time. And I remember it was the same thing when Diane Finstead gave me a call, uh, just like couldn't end, go con- there. end her conversation. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't talk about it. So, I mean, that was kind of the other thing. I mean, just getting through that. And like I said, I, I came through it a hell of a lot better than a lot of people did. And it didn't take me, it didn't take me a terrible terrible amount of time to kind of reconcile that and ended up kind of turning into a bit of a blessing i think at the end of the day made somebody really really resilient and and yeah um set set priorities in place yes because you had your first child uh was that just this past year he's gonna be a year here next week yeah yeah so last february yeah okay yeah have you found uh grayson grayson yeah, Grayson Bud after my grandfather. Yeah, yeah, because he passed away uh, just this past year, right? Just before Grayson was born. Yeah, yeah, and he is he is a he is a rock of our family. Huge amount of respect for that man. He but he was the like kind of the what do you, do you call it the patriarch like the yeah. first yeah. kind of guy that put the Butterfield name on the map and there, now there's. You can't, what's the quote? You can't go to a rodeo in Canada and not have a Butterfield thing? Yeah, I think that's what they said for a little while. Yeah, him and him and his 
the two brothers. They they started it. Those guys are they started the legacy, and they all played huge parts in it. I mean, Tom, Brian, Brian's still around with us. We're blessed to have him, and uh, and yeah, Bud, and they they definitely made their mark in uh, in Canadian rodeo and and beyond. Scum, have you found talking about it? Helping out, helping out more now. Yeah, well, it's been good. I mean, it is good to talk about these things. That's kind of one thing when you're going through kind of issues like that. You don't want to talk to people. Well, number one, you don't want to frighten your family. You don't want to. You don't want to put any because they're going through that stress already, right? And I mean, it's not. This isn't the right way. This is just what you're thinking at the time. You don't want to talk to your family. You don't want to put them through that stress. You don't want to worry worry about you, which is absolutely the wrong way to go. And. uh and eventually, yeah, I remember the first time I, I, uh, I really talked about it was uh, to actually minister, um, minister friend of mine, uh, hell of a guy, and we got BSing, and and that was yeah the first day it started getting better, and first day I started getting driven about life, and uh, and yeah, so no it uh, it did, and then I've had people reach out that have gone, gone through similar things that have it's been good. I mean, it's been good for them, and they. Yeah, like they said, you know, I want to talk to people about this, but you can't really talk to anybody that hasn't really gone through kind of a similar similar situation because they just don't understand what it is that you're going through. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really similar to, like, Clint Malarchuk's story. Like how he skate on the ice. Yeah, because he, yeah. he came back to competition really fast, yeah. and he went through that same thing, and it didn't really start affecting him until later on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kind of that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, that's quite the story. His. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. yeah. How, so how are you doing now? Everything's good, actually. Um, as far as, like like I said, like that wreck was a blessing. It set my life on the right path. Um, like I, I told Emmy, like I never really did take life to, for granted to begin with. But, I mean, until the day you feel really, 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 really mortal, I mean, you, you don't really enjoy every single day that you have. And, I mean, I've got a smile on my face every day. And I enjoy the little things. I put a ton of stock in the people in my life, and uh, and it's good. So, like I said, uh, I honestly think it was a blessing. Like, it was a terrible deal. I was extremely lucky to make it through. A lot of people don't get that second chance, and that's not something I take for granted. So, yeah, it's it happened for a reason, and I'm better for it. When you, when you said that they – when you mentioned that they revived you – and like you couldn't hear anybody like were you were you dead on the table at that point like is that what that what happened or you know i don't know don't like know i've that? i've always i haven't ever really had the courage to ask for the post drop report um yeah. but i know i know what was happening to me i know they took a look at the imaging and then they were rushing in they were trying to get i just remember Find seeing them trying to get a vein in my arm and the doctor was saying if you don't get that here in the next couple of minutes he's like i'm going to i'm going to have to take over and get her done and cuz i think it was a couple couple young doctors oh okay so all of a sudden yeah the lights washed out i couldn't see anything and then next thing you know the voices died out and then yeah it's just it's kind of like being locked in your own head's kind of the best way that i could probably explain it and you just you couldn't like you couldn't move you were still couldn't couldn't functioning you're still still. like you're still cognitive but it's still not it's still not it's hard to explain you're just you're not really kind of any place you've ever been before and if you just cut out cut out the spiritual side of it, you know, if you just like if I want to be objective, you know, I'm assuming it's because there wasn't enough oxygen going to my brain and it's just and not enough blood circulating in your body, yeah. Yeah, and you're just down to just your last last little bit of life. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, so when did you come back? Was that was that in the morning? And no, like, that was it. Must have been later? just seconds thereafter because next thing you know, I could hear people, and the next thing I know, my sight came back, and I looked down, and they had two lines going into my feet, and <laughs> yeah. there's two guys with a couple cell packs, and they're just ringing them out like rags. It was like blood packs, like yeah, squishing them. India just like squeeze them like you ring out a dish rag. Holy shit! It was like oh shit, this got wild. So wow, yeah, but no, it was they. I mean, amazing, amazing team down there at High, High Prairie and uh, or up there at High Prairie and awesome surgeon and uh, awesome team up there at Grand Prairie. I yeah. mean, like Beekman, if you talk to him here today, there's about a million reasons I shouldn't be here right now. It was a, yeah. it was a shot in the dark that I'm alive. So, Well, thanks for sharing your story with us. Yeah. No, I know I, it doesn't seem like it's easy for you. Like, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot with it, but it's uh, I appreciate you yeah, sharing no. it with us. It's good. Yeah, no, it's good to talk. You know, you just, yeah. It's one of those things. It's life changing. Yeah. What What's next from here now? What What uh, tell us what you got on the go? Well, um, you know, obviously focusing on my family big time. Rodeo still, um, rodeo and then my professional career. I mean, rodeo, my professional rodeo career and my professional career are 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 still two avenues that I'm I'm going down here right now. Um, trying to make another CFR here this year. Getting ready for that training in the gym right now and uh and then yeah we'll probably start practicing here in the next few weeks get ready for that um and yeah i think uh just try and put another year year under my belt here try and get some more cfr qualifications before i decide to hang it up and at 34 you've got you've got a a ways to go yeah no i do i've got i've got a timeline and and uh yeah i stay healthy and keep taking care of my body because like i i do focus on making sure that i keep keep some good health i i think my i think my expiration date is probably probably a little ways off longer yet. than some because you you do the right thing yeah. outside of the arena Being which a lot of guys don't do gym and eating the right things that's mm-hmm. a huge well huge benefit to you. i mean what a paradigm shift you actually take like maybe in my generation that was kind of a bit of a rarity but you take a look at the young kids coming in now they're all like steer wrestling now. bull riding bull riding especially like you take a look at the pbr i mean mm-hmm. yeah they're they're treating themselves like athletes and i think that's that's not just a great thing for the Cowboys. I think that's a great thing for the sport, and I think that's a great thing for the brand. We uh, we could go off on a whole other tangent. That well, way. I, I, I kind of want to build off that as a question I thought of asking you was, like, where do you see, like, rodeo and bull riding moving into the future? Like, you obviously, you've been around it forever, and you have a strong voice in the industry. You know, that's a great question. Um, bull riding, I've got, I have got an immense amount of respect for the PBR. I think... They've done a great job for their brand. I mean, it was it was started by Cowboys, and then eventually, I mean, they handed it off and let the business be run, and they just got to focus on their sport. And I mean, they're part of pop culture now. If there's anything that they've um, they've proven in the last twenty years is they don't need anybody but themselves to be able to be successful. And I mean, they they expand to new markets. I mean, where have they gone now? Oh, I mean, New York. how many continents? Uh, yeah, they're in Australia. We went to New. They had an event in New Zealand. We were supposed to go to China at one point. Yeah, in 2014. I bet you Brazil. Europe. Europe can't be far off the horizon. I'm yeah. not sure with Europe. I believe there's uh, some uh, legislation in place. England, in, there's legislation. In there, there is yeah. like like in France and Switzerland and Belgium. Though, like there's a big like rodeo and bull riding. Culture. I've heard of it a little bit. There, I went yeah. when I went to Gary Lefuse. There was a guy from uh, Belgium and then two Swiss, Swiss kids hmm. and they like, I like, I'm still friends with them on social media and like they go to events like all over yeah, that I've little part of, the, of that. Like, so Europe. Barrel yeah. racing's big over there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually seen, uh, 
I've seen some and from over there in China, like big, big events. But yeah, well, we we got to talk to Chelsea Moore still. She yeah. went over there. We wanted to ask her about the trip and everything. It seemed yeah. like quite the wild, quite show. the deal. Wild ass yeah. horses, from what I can see too. <laughs> like oh, it's, yeah, it's, and it is kind of like it's kind of like rough stock where you draw your animal there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty wild. Like, and I mean, I think they got some decent horse flesh over there, but it's just it's kind of a new discipline. Training. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you take a look at the PBR, see where it's going. I mean, they're incredibly progressive. And and I see, like, I see, like, say, the WCRA down in the States. Um, I see them. I see the American. I see some organizations that are, that are taking that progressive approach and trying to do new things to break into new markets. And, and like, even the PRCA is starting to change the way that they do things. And I think the CPRA, you know... We've got, I think we've got some of the world's best cowboys up here, world's best stock, and world-class rodeos. I think we've got everything that we need, and I don't know what, I don't know what we have to do just yet to, to really, really make that change. And I, I think it's gonna, I think we're gonna have to break the wheel to do it. I think we're gonna have to change the way that the associations run. I think we're eventually gonna have to change the way that it's governed. I think cowboys. And you know what? I might catch some flack for this. You know, I, I don't think the board, the way that it is, I don't believe any of us, I think we can have a players association. I believe we can maybe have a union in that, that, that respect, but I don't believe we should be running the association. I don't think that's, I don't think that's where we need to go. I think the Cowboys need to focus on the rules. I think we need to invo- or worry about the integrity of our events, but I think the direction of, of our association, I think, I think we need it in other hands. And I'm not, that's not knocking, like, that's not knocking Jeff as a GM. I'm just saying the way that the government, the governing body works. The way right it's now. structured. We, yes. I got really far off into this a few years ago when I was more a part of it. Mm-hmm. And just the way it's structured, it's not structured for the big picture. It's mm-hmm. kind of structured in very small, like, rules mm-hmm. focused. Yeah. Uh, uh, what would you call it? Like, rules? It's well, mostly it, rules focused where there wasn't that that different uh, separation to have the real, uh, the real, what do you call it? Like uh, where where everybody's focused on moving things forward. It's not it's a common a, it's, goal. Well, it's all like all, it's so focused on inside the box. Like people, yeah. like people yeah. are so scared to look outside the box, mm-hmm. in ro- especially yeah. in rodeo. And you look at any other like like even the big four sports, like they're not run by the players. Yeah, there's a players association yeah. who has a voice, which is how it yeah. should be. Yeah. But but it's it gets off into a whole other bag of worms because one of the reasons why the PBR works is because it's it's a company. And it's the it's like McDonald's. You you if you're gonna go to a PBR, you're gonna see the same thing whether you go to Calgary or whether mm-hmm. you're in New York or wherever you're at. It's the same thing. It's got the same, very similar format. You're gonna see bull riding. You're gonna have a winner that night, in some way. Whereas the same thing with McDonald's. You're gonna get the same hamburger whether you're in Australia, Mexico, Europe, China. It's the same thing. Where with rodeo, every single rodeo is its own thing. It's like everybody has their own franchise, but they're not put together under any sim they might be kind of all count for the same thing yeah but they all have their own product which makes rodeo such a mess because it's not you're consistent. not coming with one product yeah yeah which like, is yeah it's how you lose entertainment value right where they, you, with the pbr you know what you're getting yeah and the, and, yeah. and the pbr is not scared to push the limits on like even like what, what you do with the sound like playing like different like the stuff. New, newer music and like i can't get away with that at rodeos yeah you can't do it cause just and, cause and i can't do it very well when the rodeo is five hours long or seven hours mm-hmm. long like oh, there's it nothing, just doesn't work that's not entertainment worse than that right like i'm sorry i'm sorry 
but it, but it's not entertainment. We're in the entertainment business, and if we're not focused on that, we're not going to work. So yeah. we can go down that whole rabbit hole on that. But I mean, uh, I agree with you. I think in the CPRA specifically, and and likely the PRCA as well, the the structure and format of the organization is conducive to to growth. Well, and I think I just. The problem is, like, I mean, we're just so diverse too, right? Like, Scuresses yeah. have one Absolutely. one concern. The Bronc Riders have another. And, I mean, the thing about it is we kind of like to – like, you go to a rodeo. We all hang out. We're all friends and stuff yeah. like that. But when it comes to the politics, we seem to gravitate towards our oh, tribe definitely. a little bit. Well, and, and, like, we're talking about this, about way the way that it should go. And the last time they tried to take it that way, it went horribly wrong, Yeah, which is unfortunate because – they, you know, there was a lot of things said that we were hoping it was going to go the right way. And mm-hmm. those guys actually did to make some major changes, but they totally hosed us in Edmonton. Like we can't argue with that. Like I look back at that proposal the other day and like, holy shit, that was a good proposal. I know there was some things that might not have been perfect, but it's fucking pretty, pretty good deal. If you look back at it now, nothing against anybody else or where we're at now. Yeah. But I mean, like, well, and I yeah, mean, like, I tough. think like, I understand what you're saying. I, you know, I'm kind of in a little bit of a different camp on Edmonton. I think it broke my heart when we didn't go there because, like, I, yeah, that definitely was a world class facility we could have went to. Um, and it know. was built for rodeo. Yeah, like you, like we were talking about Don Johansson a minute ago. Yeah. He was he he was part, part of the of consultations that since 2015. Yeah, that proposal was in 17 once the building was built. But like, literally, they were they had built that venue to host the CFR. Like that was a major concern when building the venue was to make it work for that. And they've had one dirt event in there since. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's well, and I guess like, I don't know if you can answer this or not. Like I know they had I can a three, look back at it. Yeah. Well, I have the proposal saying, right here. Oh no. I was going to ask like oh. the contract with the PBR, like they were supposed to have three years in that building, weren't they? That was it in the original plan that was supposed to be a three year agreement. Yeah. And then it just, was it might just, might've been like, might've been one. It was, I, only, was, I thought it was a five year agreement. It might've been. I was pretty sure yeah. it was supposed to be. Yeah. It like supposed three. To be a few different years. Yeah. yeah. But then with the way it went, with being right over top of the CFR, it probably yeah. didn't go... You just cannibalized yourself that How way. it was supposed to go, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, but then, about the time when the PBR was scheduled, the CFR was in Saskatoon. Yeah. Right? Like, the the when we announced the PBR in the Global Cup in Edmonton, it was August 3rd, 2017, and the event was in November. And at that point, five days earlier, the CFR was going to Saskatoon. Yeah. So... Well, I think, like, I think we got... Like, I know we like to put a lot of emphasis on the decision-making that was happening at that time. Yeah. I mean, we knew this deal with Northlands, like it was going to be eventually coming up. Like, well, because we the 17 sh- was the last uh, CFR in Edmonton at Northland. Sh- and it shouldn't have been. The last yeah. CFR at Northland should have been 16. 16. Like it should have been in uh, downtown there too. Yeah. yeah, downtown or elsewhere. And I think we need uh, like the same kind of deal with what we were just talking about with the board. I mean, you need those people in place. Like this is one of those decisions you need to be making about five years in advance. Yeah. It shouldn't have come down to that yeah. late. I mean, is that the, last CFR and at, at Northlands, it was pretty rough. Like the building's in pretty bad shape. Like, and the production, no, the Friday perp was, was four hours, four and a half hours long, man. three and a half, maybe, but still long. No, I'm not kidding. It wasn't far off that really? I left after the dog and dropped my horses off outside of the city. And made it back for the damn calf roping. Yeah, it really? was. I didn't yeah, get out of. I didn't get out of there after the radio broadcast until eleven thirty at night. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Yeah, but like, like it, was, it was an honor to be there. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it was the production was. That's one thing. I'll hand it to hand it to Red Deer. Red Deer's in the kick-ass job of the show. It's yeah. a completely different rodeo now. Yeah, yeah. completely different show. It's yeah. a hell of a job. The production's and awesome. And even even Red Deer year one to year two was a night and day difference too. Yeah. So no, I'm not knocking anybody at this point. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. That looking at that proposal in Edmonton now, it looked it looks really good. Yeah. No, uh, 
But still, yeah. There's just lots of ways. Well, to yeah, this, we could talk it's, about this all day. It's where we go from now. It's wherever where we, we go, go from here, here right? Is yeah. kind of the thing. And I mean, yeah. and that's just it. We got guys that come on, they're on two years, and then they're gone. And you have that's also part of the issue too is you yeah. can't get much done in those two no. years you, because a lot of those guys, it's their first time on a board of that magnitude, yeah. and they got to learn how to be on the board. And by the time they learn it, then they're out, and you got to train a new guy. Like it's kind of like. I can't imagine being on it or being part of it. Like it just, and it's a thankless. It's I've a, got frustrated with oh. it before and I just kind of gave up. Cause I, I mean, and it's, it's a, just, yeah. it's a thankless job. There yeah. isn't one single person. I don't think that have gone on that board as a cowboy and have had nothing but the best of intentions. Like, Oh yeah. Tanner Gurley, Scott Schiffner, like sure. these guys, absolutely. Kyle Thompson. These guys yeah, are, these guys are cowboys. Yeah. And they and, all, that's what they love. And they, they have a lot of passion yeah. for it. It just, maybe some, I don't know. Just well, they just, like we they said, can't, it's just, they can't make not, any. They can't make any built, headway. Yeah, it's not built to to help. Yeah, right. It's just built. The way it's built is hasn't been hasn't yeah. helped it much. But I love the survived assault. already this long, yeah. right? So. We we do survive in spite of ourselves. <laughs> I think sometimes. Yeah. But like I've got I've got nothing but pride in in Canadian rodeo. Yeah, and, me too. And I mean, there's that prestige and a gold buckle up here that's never going to go anywhere and we do have good people involved with this association that want to see it grow and it just it's just finding eventually we're going to have to step out and eventually we're going to have to take some risk and i mean we're going to have to change before we're forced to which i think i think that's coming up here pretty quick yeah i think you're right yeah well not like i've i think jeff's done a great job and like he's basically a volunteer too Mm -hmm. right like He's got a lot of other better like stuff that he could spend a lot more time on and make make more money on than than working at the CPRA. But he he cares so much and he he wants it to to go the right way. So I gotta commend him for that yeah. thankless job as well. Yeah, absolutely. And like I haven't had too much to do with uh, with Jeff, but from what I hear from the guys that are working with him and stuff like that, it it sounds good. And I mean he he was on the board. I can't remember how many years ago now. And. Uh, Probably and, 10. Yeah, it's been a while. And, I mean, I probably haven't exchanged very many words with him, but he always seemed like he he was in with the right intentions to get things done. And, uh, and yeah. So I wish I knew him a little bit better to comment a little bit more on it. But ah, It's all good. Yeah. So, like, so switching caps to your competitor side, like how important as a competitor is it to build your personal brand? Uh, you know what? I think um, it's critical. Like, it's especially in, like, this sport because, I mean – our, our your association isn't going to do it for you. I mean, outside of maybe a select few guys, like I think Flo did an ass awesome job. I think they did an awesome job actually. Is that? I think that's paid for by the CPRA though. Too. It could, it, yeah, and it very well could be. I mean, but they they had some they had some expertise that came in there, and I mean, people actually knew what the difference was between you know the grassroots finals, yeah, <laughs> and the pro pro tour. Like, how's yeah. this relevant? How are these, you know, how are these races matching up? But sorry, I got off track a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you got to build your own brand in this sport. I mean, you are your brand. You got to hold yourself in the light that you wanna, you want shone on you, and and you got to market yourself. And I think that I think that's a huge thing. And then, like I said, I mean, it's back ten years ago. That would have been you know one or two guys or three guys. I mean, it would have been your Scott Scheffner. Um, but now, I mean, these kids are getting wise. They understand like economics of the sport. I mean, it's not as solvent as it used to be. And, um, and so guys are starting to realize that if they're going to try and get some sponsorship, they're going to actually have to start selling themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's not, that's not your traditional cowboy way. 
Well, I think it's a lot easier too now, just with given our social platforms, and it's yep. you can get reach so many so many more people, and like even just your tweets, for example, mm-hmm. like that reaches an insane amount of people, mm-hmm. and that helps build your personal brand because it reaches people have you may you, not. Have you got any flack for any of your tweets yet? Like I've like, got has some anybody, hate. You've I, got some hate. I've got some hate. Let's hear about it. Let's let's let's, talk let's about call those people let's out. Talk about the haters. <laughs> let's yeah. call them out right let's now. Let's roast some haters. It's yeah. my it's favorite pretty, thing. It's yeah. pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I've got offered to be like people have offered to beat me up before, <laughs> and like I've got lots of that. For writing a fucking story, I got offered to get beat up the other day. It was I awesome. got in a Twitter feud with the head writer of the PBR one time. Really? Let's go. No, no, Cartwright. Oh Keith, Keith. What, yeah. he, what happened with him? Oh, just when he was when they he was like saying that when Aaron Clyer stayed home in Australia to win to win the Australian title, and he said that was a dumb decision to not go to the Velocity, come to the PBR World Finals or something. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, man, you're not from Australia, like you don't know how prestigious winning in a, a title in your home country is. Like you got to put some value in that. And then he just went off on this whole thing, and I was like, it's oh. kind of crazy how long that guy has stayed back in Australia, though. Yeah, like it, it is. He's like, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, not the norm. But I mean, that. like, mm-hmm. he's but he set out the goals at the beginning of the year to, to win, win Australia at home. Yeah. So like, you got to commend and the guy for sticking to his Australian plan. And they shouldn't put the Australian finals on over the world finals. No, of course, and that's that's on the PBR for that's scheduling that. Scheduling. Right? Yeah, but what do you? Do? But then again, you can't. Like I said, you can't knock a guy for sticking at home and sticking out to his plan. And look that, at Dakota this year. He's well, gonna he's gonna do that a lot yeah. this year. I bet you. Well, and even and Especially even when he can't make any money down there. Well, that's even, right? like, like, even that's winning a title tough. up here is a big deal. Fifty grand, uh, but he lost then, fifty grand. This and but last then you year. know, I mean, like to someone in the states, they wouldn't. That wouldn't like to that that guy who writes the PBR. You wouldn't wouldn't be the same for him because he doesn't really know. He's yeah. not from Canada. Yeah, he's you know not from I mean? Canada. And he, yeah, he's yeah, a it's just like stuff like he's that. Never rolled the bull. Piss me off. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Chance? <laughs> oh shoot, I was just listening to you guys here. No, most of it's actually. You know what the thing about the rodeo world is? You know, most of the guys at rodeo have thick skin, and they can take a joke, and they they find or they can't. Oh, <laughs> well, there's a few, right? Uh, but no, you'll get the odd one in there. Like I poke at team ropers maybe a little bit more than what I probably should, but most of the guys at Who team cares, rope that though? know me, <laughs> most of the team ropers that know me get along with me pretty damn good. Uh, I remember the one that I was talking about. I can't remember what the hell the tweet was, but I was pretty much talking about this kid, how he starts big rodeo dreams. are going to make the NFR. Oh, you know, my horse isn't worth a shit. Oh, I'm not <laughs> wanting any money. You know, okay. You know, we're going to try steer us. No, ain't panning out team ropes. That's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of his career path. But yeah, that one caught me a little bit. And then the one about gosh, damn, I try to pick a gosh, damn uncanny combination when I did that paint horse and that gal named Linda. So yeah, funny. The, uh, oh, man. There's actually a gal from Alaska riding a paint <laughs> horse named Linda got in contact with me. She's I was like, pissed. You're a freaking unicorn lady. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they had to find you. And, but the, and the funny thing about that, though, is you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> like, I'm sure. pretty accurate. Like, I've been to a lot of barrel races, and I've seen Linda oh, with the paint man. horse. Oh, God. Everybody knows Linda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, so funny. Did no. you, what, like what? How did that interaction go? Did you like? I wasn't fucking talking about you, lady. Jeez. Yeah, I just. Calm yeah, down. I cut it. Well, actually, I took a screenshot of the the tag and I put it on there too. It's like, oh, you won't believe this, but I actually found one. So <laughs> I found Linda on a paint. Yeah. That's so funny. No, yeah. Linda was Linda was good. Linda was good. It's one of those things too. It's like you can't poke poke fun at yourself. You can't poke fun at anybody else. Oh, like geez. I hate people who can like they'll just roast, well, like, bust your balls all day. One of your best ones is is you talking about telling yourself you're a rock star while you take your motorbike <laughs> <laughs> and going to bed at nine forty five. Oh god. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to post that stuff, you got to be able to take shit. Like, I knew yeah. as soon as I started ragging on Cody about being an asshole, he was going to rag on me for about a day. And, like, my Twitter, my Facebook page was just, like, nonstop. I was talking about, they were, we were on the Bulldog Inbox, a closed Facebook, or, uh, Facebook group to the Doggers, and I posted this thing, question about sanctioning rules down in the States, and 
Sean Mulligan says, oh, I thought you were actually going to post something hilarious, not serious. Like, what the hell? So I said, <laughs> well, I said, Cody, Cody kicked my ass out of the rigs, so um, I figure I better just kind of tone Smarten it down. A bit. And so Cody comes back on. He's like, technically, your mayor kicked your ass out of the rig. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, no, oh, seen those ones coming. So, no, that's good. yeah, I can dish it out, but I can sure take it. And Damn. I only pick on guys that I know that can take it, so. Damn. Yeah. We got to wrap this up, Did I you, think. Did you guys see the meme I made today? No. Oh, it's on Twitter. Look at my last tweet. Okay, hold it's on. It's funny. Let's take a peek at this. Share hold this. On. I've, been, I've been, like, really digging the meme game and making TikToks. That's a huge plot. There's see, I, I have not gotten into tech. I don't understand it yet. It's so good. It's down, download it, and, yeah. like, it's it's amazing what people do with it. Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> Let's see this. <laughs> it says, when timies aren't allowed to wear their spurs in the bar, and the little kid's just so chat. <laughs> just like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh man! Yeah, I gotta take these off. <laughs> then the people will know that I, I I'm a cowboy. Yeah, so funny. All right, but I'm you better real, better at me, and then I gotta I'm send real, that one out. But there. I'm a real cowboy. Do you park, park your horse out at the front of the bar, buddy? Oh dear. Uh, okay, what, I'm good now. What's your definition oh, yeah. of cowboy shit, Chance? That's we're gonna wrap it up. You know, if I would have known, I I should actually probably thought about that. Yeah, back this is what we'd ask everybody. I know, obviously. Am I, am I, am I, I'm probably not the only person that's probably like just like, what am I going to talk about and didn't actually think about a definition of cowboy shit? We even shit. talked about this before. I know, gosh, not yeah. this specifically, but yeah. it's okay. No, I'd say if I were to take a look and if if I could find it, I guess I'd take a look and I maybe relate it to cowboy culture. That's okay. It's your definition, man. <laughs> it is. And cowboy culture and its enduring philosophy on life that has endured throughout the decades while society around it has changed. We tra- stay true to ourselves as a culture, a community, and as individuals. And that's a culture of integrity. And I guess that would be my definition of cowboy shit. I feel like I just was in a class and that was like the end of the just thing. getting lectured. And then just like, <laughs> should, we, should, we take it, should we take notes? Yep. Yeah. I don't want to drop your mic. (laughs) Looks expensive. That's okay. Thanks, Chance. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. Glad glad it could come. Thanks, guys. This has been Cowboy Shit. Ted and Wacy, live from Calgary, Alberta. Welcome back. Episode number 61, Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Thanks again to Mr. Chance Butterfield for being on the show this week and, and taking the time to come down to the house and uh, and share his story. What a story, hey, going through all that injury and the and the challenges around it. But I, I got to give kudos to Chance once again for being a kind of a voice in our community for a number of different things. He's always got a, got something to say. So I'm, I really appreciate him taking the time to uh, to come down and be on the show and, and be a voice, a, uh, I guess I would say a strong voice and a... a uh, I think a uh, reasonable voice in our in our sport and industry. So thanks again for being on the show. Waste this yeah, uh, sure. last few weeks has been uh, pretty wild. And uh, how have you been spending your time? You, you've been doing some uh, you've been doing some different stuff lately. Yeah. So I guess well for the first for, for first of all my rest of my school semester this year went online. So we just kind of, we started that on Tuesday. So just trying to navigate that, how it's all going to work and all of our in-person assessments, all of our in-person exams and our final exams are going to get moved online in some aspect. 
So we'll know by Monday, I think it is, they have to let us know how that's going to be delivered to us. So it's, been a, it's going to be a challenge navigating it that way. Like I personally don't mind being online for that kind of stuff. It's just because it's easy to do, but some courses are delivered in person. So see how that's going to go moving forward. But I've just been battling through that, and kind of making a game plan moving forward. And then, yeah, just kind of been playing a lot of video games. I don't know if that's the most helpful thing to do, but it's kind of been a way for me to kind of stay connected with some of my friends and, pass some time away and then yeah just taking care of this knee of mine i've got to get back so i can get a little bit more mobile again and then yeah just kind of doing my part to to make sure everybody's okay kind of thing yeah stocked up with some some food supplies we need a lot of chicken strips sidekicks <laughs> what uh what <laughs> kind of a, what kind of games you're playing what uh can you give um, out so to the people? i recently got into call i recently got into call of duty which is like i've never been a call of duty guy in the past but like all my buddies have it, and it was on sale so yes they told me to buy it and ended up buying it it's super fun it just it's I, i'm not very good at the game but it's just a super fun way to like be social like we can play with up to 12 people at a time and just a fun way to like visit and <laughs> the one night a couple or on last saturday we all got together there's like 10 of us and we all just had some drinks and <laughs> had some fun and like stayed up till like one or two in the morning playing video games together so just, <laughs> it's just a fun way to like be able to like have some fun with your buddies and a lot of my, a lot of the buddies I'm playing with are my buddies back home in Saskatoon. So the people I don't get to hang out with this often anymore. And but so it's good to visit. And my brother plays that kind of stuff. So it's been a good way to pass the time. What about you, man? What have you been doing? Well, uh, turns out the new couch isn't like super, super comfy like the old one. <laughs> so we, uh, I found the camping uh, foamy and I brought it up into the living room, and we yep. put a couple blankets on it. So we've been able to have like a zone for where we can watch the TV and That's whatnot awesome. and watch movies. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing some Wii Golf. Got back on the how Wii How good are you? Wii how good sports. at Wii Golf are you getting? Turns out I suck now. I used to be real good, but I think it was just a sheer amount of playing. Like, I think I just played way too much a few years back yeah. when I first got the Wii. But it was like, because I was like minus 11 on nine holes. That's my that's my record, it shows me. And I think Jesus. I was like even when I played it last. So mm-hmm. I guess I've got well, some work to do on the Wii, on the Wii Golf to uh, to get get the score get the score that back down you know hey that's a good that's a good way to pass some time for sure i don't one, mind it. one thing too that I, one, one thing too that i've noticed i'm like my, like and with how crazy things are and how everything going on at the very least you get some good memes out of it that's one thing i've noticed the content <laughs> that's been coming from it has really made me laugh it's been funny yeah. so that's another good way to kind of pass some time away i kind of i gotta i don't know if i can get behind some of that stuff yet just with not knowing where we're at like i know some of it's funny but I mean, yeah. I just want to see us get past a bit more of this stuff, and you know, just seems it's. Well, just have some, just have some more, some, some more certainty. That's mm-hmm. that's just where it's like, for me, like the biggest thing I struggle with, I guess like struggle is a strong word, but it's like, just what's like what's coming next, what's going to happen, what's the next little while look like, but we just don't know, right? Because mm-hmm. we haven't even hit to, like, you know, it, being in Canada and Alberta we're still just kind of getting to the beginning of what it's going to be for us mm-hmm. when it, in comparison to other countries. So I just kind of like, yeah, like I said, that, that just that little bit of uncertainty that a person has, you just don't know. You, know, you don't know what to know. don't know what to expect. And that's, I guess it's always in the back of a guy's mind, but I'm, I'm thankful for stuff. Like, like I said, like having like video games and just being like, even like being a phone call away from somebody nowadays, call them up or whatever. It's kind of a way to distract yourself a little bit from mm-hmm. it all. Right. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, for myself, like, things have kind of slowed back down a bit to where I can get up in the morning, go get on the exercise bike, like, sweat a little bit, kind of get the morning routine back that I kind of had been losing 
or I hadn't been focused on and maybe, you know, it didn't help me in a lot of other areas after that. So kind of glad we, glad we back doing that kind of thing again. And, you know, just being kind of getting a routine back down again, I guess, but, you know, taking the mixture. What's been your favorite, uh, getting out. What's been your favorite quarantine? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm glad to be getting out. Glad, I'm glad the weather's finally turning. That we're gonna have some freaking warm weather here finally. This is yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm pumped. I'm gonna be able to get back outside of it more these days coming yeah. up. So yeah, it'll be nice to you can just go for a walk and enjoy some fresh air. Oh yeah, appreciate that a little bit. So what did you say? Good. Favorite what, what? What's your been your favorite quarantine meal so far? Favorite meal so far? What you've oh, made? Yeah. Uh, probably Storm's Pizza. It was awesome. Oh yeah, homemade. Pizza? That's one thing I forgot to grab last time at the grocery store was a pizza kit. Yeah, it was it was great. That's probably the best one so far. But you know we've got lots to, lots to go yet, so there's options. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I want to know. I wanna, we should do like an over and under how many pots of soup you're gonna make. I already made some soup. What I make? <laughs> made some kind of like tomato and uh, beans, and it's some kind of rustic Italian. It was very delicious. Over oh, there's new t- new kinds of soup for Ted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might I might make a pot of chili here again soon. You know, we'll uh, we'll see. Chili's a great meal. Where we get to on that, but got some that's stuff where, frozen. That's where I'm lucky is being in the situation where I'm at, like being on my own here. Like I can make a meal that will feed me for two or three days. Yeah, if I plan it right, which I'm sure <laughs> you guys can do that too. But it's just nice. I I whipped up like like some some chicken breasts and some noodles, and that literally fed me for like for quite two a while. Days. For quite yeah, a while, it was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah it's great. So, and it turns out. Toilet paper goes a lot further than you think. We uh, <laughs> got into it and everybody was freaking out for the first little bit there. And yeah. we had like, I think, eight or nine rolls. And it's been like over a week and we still have like eight rolls. So yeah, that's pretty crisis good. averted. You just gotta, I, think I'm doing, I think I'm doing pretty good too, actually. I got, yeah. Turns out you don't need well, to buy too much. I got, over, I got over 12. I got over 12 rolls here, so I'm doing You just well. do a count? You just did a little check-in, a little count? Yeah, so I know. I just went over, to my, went over to my bathroom and checked what I had. I actually watched the news today for the first time in quite a while, and it was actually, like, very informative. And they said mm. that the average family of four will go through 17 rolls of toilet paper in a two-week time span. So, oh, so Storm and I, two people, uh, we should be able to make our uh, seven rolls at least last... Uh, two weeks i would think so yeah and then sure. there's more supply should be on the way we'll see <laughs> we get to supply drop from somebody i see there's some there's a couple of bars and restaurants in calgary doing um they're calling them crisis kits one of them is like it's sort of craft and they're doing like a mini bottle of champagne i think a four pack of beer or like a couple beers um some fresh produce a roll of toilet paper and they'll deliver it like hand deliver it to their, their door for you really yeah, it's kind of a kind of a neat concept just to kind of like lighten the mood a little bit, hmm. keep the keep the money coming to, or keep the local businesses kind of busy as well. So. Keep them doing some stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of neat, kind of a neat idea. Well, I guess we'll uh, wrap up the show with that. You got anything else, Wes? Otherwise, we'll call her good and we'll. Uh... No, I'm good. I'm good, man. It's it's a good episode. Okay, this has been uh, episode number sixty-one of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey, the uh, first ever show where we haven't been in the at HQ. I'm at the social I'm distancing. At the social episode distancing one. episode. Yep. So this is uh, for the week of, I think, March 25th or so. Yeah, that's Wednesday. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, stay safe. Stay home if you can. Uh, and stay healthy. We'll, uh, we'll catch, you up, catch up with you next in, uh, in uh, April. All right. Thanks for listening. It's been Cowboy Shit with 10 weeks.